Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 390 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about pickleball, which has been a really touchy subject around tennis courts lately players and coaches alike. It's it's been kind of a controversial thing. I'm going to give my thoughts today. If you could care less about pickleball or what I think about it or my experience with it, then you can definitely, by all means, just skip this episode. It's not going to be tennis improvement, you know, related. But I am going to talk about what I appreciate about tennis and the benefits I think it has and kind of comparisons with the the world of pickleball. And I'm going to talk about what I, I feel like tennis can improve and, and kind of learn from pickleball as well. So with that, let's go ahead and dive on into it. So relatively recently, it's actually March, so about three or four months ago, I did a training session with a really good pickleball coach. I was I was out in Indian Wells. I spend a month there every year. I do a bunch of private coaching and group coaching. And a pickleball coach that I know was also in the area, and he offered to spend some time with me on pickleball court, which was just in the neighborhood of my rental house. So we just had to walk, you know, a couple blocks away, and I, I met him there. And we did about an hour of coaching together. He actually has a YouTube channel. If you want to watch me get coached on a pickleball court, then you can check out Brionis Pickleball. Let me spell this out here. It's uh, B-R-I-O-N-E-S, Brionis Pickleball. And you'll see a video upload uh, just a couple weeks ago of him working with me and teaching me how to be a better pickleball player. And you can see how my skills transfer over. And he also uploaded a video of he and I playing against two, four, five-level pickleball players. And so I had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And after doing the, the training with him, he was like, hey, you know what? We should, we should play some, some local players. I don't know anybody, but I've, like a friend of mine has hung out here a lot and knows a lot of people. So let me text him really quick. He texted his friend who just kind of knew people in the area got a phone number of a guy that he knew. So just like the friend of a friend kind of deal, Jordan, the coach, the pickleball coach, just cold called this number and was like, hey, my name is Jordan. I'm in the area. I'm, I'm this level player and we're just looking for some doubles. And 20 minutes later, two 4.5 level pickleball players, this, this was like on a work day. I think it was on like a Tuesday at like three o'clock in the afternoon. He just cold calls this person, and 20 minutes later, two good players show up, and we played doubles for like two or three hours. So we rotated partners around and, and played for quite a while. I was able to keep up decently well in the, the match play. It, it was So it was my second time ever playing doubles, and my first time ever playing good doubles. Like The, the other time I played pickle doubles was just kind of screwing around with some friends. This was my first time... Uh, my second time ever even trying it and my first time playing with real players and i i like kept up but i was definitely the weakest player on the court if you go watch the the point play video you'll see what i'm talking about like i i held my own i, I hit i hit some good shots but i 
was definitely just fish out of water, not being used to the tempo or the pace or like where, where to look and the, the patterns and directions of shots that are most smart and stuff like that. Uh, much less like the scoring and where to stand. Like I, I just felt kind of uh, like a fish out of water most of the time. But once the ball started going back and forth, I felt relatively competent. But, but the other three players were, were stronger than me. Now, don't worry. There's good news. That was back in March, and I, I haven't touched a pickleball or a, a pickleball paddle since then. Now, I, I had a great time, and it's a, it's a really fun game. But the reality is I love tennis much more. So I'm, I'm not one of these coaches that's like, oh, I like, I don't know, T- to, be, to be totally honest with you, I've seen some kind of cringy statements by tennis coaches recently saying like, oh, I, 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 saw, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here. But I saw somebody say like, somebody that's been in tennis for a long time, like a long time tennis coach saying that pickleball is now his like other child and he loves his children equally. And it's like not about picking one or the other, but like, you know, he, he loves, he loves both games like the same. And I'm, I, I'm really far away from that <laughs> statement. A lot of coaches and I listen, I get it for a lot of coaches. It's not easy making a living and you got to kind of go with the flow a little bit with like what's in demand and what people want. And there's a lot of excitement and demand around pickleball right now. But I have zero interest in shifting my time. I have zero interest of spreading myself any more thin than I already am. I'm trying to still play as good a tennis as I can with the limited time that I have to dedicate to hitting and training and playing matches and stuff like that. And I just like tennis better, period. So I'm going to talk about like the top three reasons why I'm not leaving tennis. I really have no interest. I'll talk about that in a minute. But first, based on my conversations with Jordan, this coach that I worked with, and also kind of seen behind the scenes of his YouTube channel, I've been helping him with his content and his business. He's basically doing the same thing that I've, I've been doing in tennis for 15 years, but with pickleball. So I'm kind of guiding him with the business side of things. So I have some inside information and and perspective based on what I see on the digital like landscape and what he tells me about the business of pickleball and players and coaching and, and stuff like that. So with that in mind, here's three things based on my experience. Obviously, I have a long chunk of experience in tennis very limited experience in pickleball, but a little bit of behind the scenes knowledge. And here's three things that based on that experience, I think pickleball really has going for it. And then I'll tell you the three reasons why I have no interest in leaving tennis. So number one thing that I think pickleball, these are things that honestly, I think tennis could learn from pickleball. Tennis has been around for hundreds of years and the the career of like being in tennis has been around for i don't know maybe 100 years being able to legitimately to like be a coach and back in the early 1900s maybe it wasn't super you know legitimate but the last 50 60 years for sure you could pursue a career and pickleball is just getting started and to a certain degree, I think that's kind of a detriment to tennis. There's, there, there's a lot of the tennis industry and the way things are done, and there's, so, there's a lot of gigantic, huge bureaucratic organizations and kind of politics that gets in the way behind the scenes for tennis. 
I'll get to that in a second. That's actually number three. But number one, the number one thing I think tennis that pickleball has going for it over tennis is pickleball has baked into, at least so far, based on what I've seen, what I've personally experienced and what I've heard is that the culture around pickleball is incredibly open and friendly. People just want everybody to be having a good time and having fun. People are much less concerned about what's your level, what's my level. People are much less concerned about, oh, I I only want to play with players as good as me, and I don't want to play with players that have bad technique or like play with a certain style. I'm sure there's some of that that happens in pickleball, but in my granted and you know, admittedly limited experience, there's much, much less of that, and my personal experience of just like being on the court with this coach, having him cold calls, like for the, he did did not know this person at all, called a stranger and 20 minutes later, two, four, five players show up and I have more about the story of me playing matches with them or sets with them. I'll tell you in a second, but they could tell it was a little out of the ordinary. Jordan and I had a camera set up. We were recording and, and they found out pretty quickly that I was very inexperienced. You know, I'm a tennis player and I've not really played any real pickleball, but they were still just happy to be there, very gracious, trying to um, make me feel comfortable. And I'm listen, listen, please hear me carefully here. I'm not saying that tennis is full of bad people and it's a bad sport and the culture is bad and everybody's mean and there's nothing there's nothing good about tennis. Like, I'm not saying that, but as somebody who's been around the game for 30 years now. There's a little bit of edginess to tennis in general, and it depends on where you're playing. If you're just pick, playing like local park, like recreational pickup, like you're just hanging out at your park courts and somebody else is hanging out and they're like, hey, you want to play? You know, it doesn't really matter what the levels are. People are just having fun hitting the ball back and forth. That's what all of pickleball feels like to me, where it just feels like people just showing up hanging out, bringing the cooler, having a good time, rotating in, playing, and people aren't so hung up on like, what's the number next to your name? What rating do you have? Oh, uh, Steve is a lobber. Like, oh, I don't want to play with, with Steve. And and Sally's a pusher. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to call Sally. I don't want to play against her. And uh, oh, is he belongs to like this club. Oh, they, they think they're too fancy. Like I, and there's just a little bit of that. Like, like, I don't know. I don't know what, what to call it exactly, but a little bit of an edge to people's attitudes towards others in tennis. Not everybody. Okay. There's lots of incredible people in tennis. I, I love tennis. I love passionate tennis players. I love passionate tennis coaches. But there's a little, sometimes a little bit of snobbery, sometimes a little bit of condescension, condescension, and I'm sure you can think of examples if you've been around tennis for a long time where there was a lot of snobbery or a lot of condescension. I haven't seen or heard stories of that in pickleball yet. Maybe as it matures and as it gets older, that will start to creep in. But as of this moment, I think it's a big part of the reason why the sport is taking off so much because... It's so welcoming and so friendly, and it's so easy to just show up and just have a good time. And it's not that easy in tennis. 
And it could be. It could be that easy in tennis. But I think a lot of players are very concerned about the matchup and the level and the styles and the rating and the uh, all that sort of thing. So I think this is something, totally honestly, that tennis could take notes on from pickleball. Tennis tends to take itself a little more seriously and have just a little bit more edginess to it. And I, I think we could all do our part to make it a little bit more open and inclusive and less judgy. <laughs> Hopefully you understand where I'm coming from here. I, I, I'm not, this, this is not about me bagging on tennis. I'm just trying to make an honest comparison here. And based on my experience and what I've experienced on the tennis side of things and the pickleball side of things. Okay. So that's number one. I think what pickleball has going for it is the, the friendliness of the community is incredible. The second thing, so I played this, I played around, we rotated partners, we played for like two hours, doubles. For me, it was really intense. I, I, I mean, everybody was trying hard, but I noticed a, a pattern. When I played with Jordan, Jordan was the strongest player. Uh, so he's like a 5-0 plus level player. So we started off together. I was the weakest player on the court. Jordan was the strongest player on the court. And I was kind of scratching my head during the, a lot of the points because I could tell that maybe I would hit a shot that wasn't great and I could feel immediately, oh, crap, like they're about to have the advantage here in this point. And it, I, I've got like a distinct impression, point after point after point, that there were a lot of opportunities that the opposing team would have that they would pass on the chance to put it away at me, who I was clearly like the weakest player. And instead, the ball would go to my partner. And at first, I was just thinking like, oh, man, maybe they just think like my volleys are good or something or they, you know, they, they respect my like tennis or like my, my net skills or something like that. But it, it, hap- it started happening enough times and repetitively enough that I was, I was like, huh, why, maybe are they, they feel bad for me? Like, are they not hitting it at me because they don't think I'm good enough? You know, these, these are the things like in, in doubles that just kind of pop up in your head because it felt very much like tactical opportunities were being passed up. And I mentioned it to Jordan after, after the, after we were done playing, Jordan and I went out and, and got some food together and I brought it up to him and I said, Hey, why, why would they like hit it to you? There were, there was a bunch of times that like they had an easy shot. Like maybe I popped up like an easy ball and instead of, instead of pounding it at me, they hit it at you. Why, why would they do that? Cause you're, you're obviously much stronger than me. And he's and he immediately like knew what I was talking about. And he said, "Oh, oh yeah. Well, of course. Like they wanted to make sure that I got a good workout. They wanted to make sure that I got really good training, and I wasn't like bored because they they knew I was the best player, and so they wanted to make sure that I got a lot of balls. And this like to me immediately like I didn't even like occur to me because my my mentality and I'll just like use myself as an example here." In a situation where it's like a where it's close and it's competitive, which most of the games were, they were close, they were competitive. Like Jordan, as an example, like Jordan and I won the first game. Is it the ten or is it to eleven? I don't even remember. Uh, I think it was like ten uh, six or something like that. Is is that right? I don't. I don't even remember how the scoring works. Like that's how long it's been uh, since this happened. But we won. You know, I don't want to say comfortably, but you know, it, it wasn't super close. And yet Jordan was getting a lot of balls. Now, if it was me, if I was in like a pro-am, you know, as an example, and me and my partner were were losing and like by a bunch, let's say, 
I would I would absolutely I would balance it out. I would absolutely go at the weaker player, and I would expect the the pro on the other side of the program to do the same thing to make it close and dramatic and entertaining and you know who wins it's not the end of the world it's not a huge deal it's it's not like a real air quotes you know tournament or something like that i'm used to a tennis mentality where you take advantage of the weak player and you take the right tactical play especially in doubles and in doubles when you're the weak player you just expect that the ball is coming at you and it's coming in hot and your opponents, it's just part of, again, part of the like culture, the attitude, especially among high levels of play, is you're going at the weak player because that's the correct tactical play. It gives you the advantage as the other team, and you don't pass on that opportunity. But I just get a strong sense that there's just a more communal approach or mentality or culture to to pickleball where these players didn't want Jordan to walk off the court feeling like, man, those guys are a-holes. Like they, they only wanted to win as many points as possible. So they were just like pounding my weak, you know, partner over and over again. In my experience, that's kind of expected in tennis and t- in full transparency, like that's what I teach in tennis. If, if it's a competitive match, now if it's a social game, if it's a, just for fun, totally different. You want to make sure everybody has a good time. But this was intense play that we were playing. Like We were all very competitive, all trying really hard to win. And yet, as we rotated around and I played with everybody and I was the weakest player, I could sense that they were making sure to spread the attention and kind of spread the opportunity to make sure everybody got equal play time. And I just thought that was really cool. It was, it was like they valued the quality of the, the practice over winning Nobody planned it out. Like it's not like they they traded exchange notes like before the point play. Like they all just had that understanding, and I was very taken aback by that and surprised by that, especially coming from a very competitive tennis background. And I I think it's really cool that everybody kind of had each other's backs in terms of quality of training, and they wanted to make sure everybody got a lot of good practice. So. Another kind of cultural thing there, uh, number two. So number one, really just friendly community overall. Number two, quality of time over winning. And then number three, I, I kind of touched on briefly a few minutes ago, working behind the scenes with Jordan, he's climbing the ranks very quickly in like the YouTube game and, and content game. There's a lot of excitement around pickleball right now, and he's getting a lot of traction in terms of his content and views. And as I'm working with him and helping him on the business side of things, I'm seeing opportunities come in for him that are amazing and like incredible opportunities, things that in 15 years of doing content and being one of the the top instructional publishers in tennis, I've never had these opportunities after 15 years. And he's just getting tons of stuff just thrown at him, even though he's only been doing this by himself for like a year now. And just to be clear, like he's a great guy. He's a great coach. He's doing an amazing job with his content. So he's checking all the boxes. So it makes sense. But I'm telling you, after doing what I've been doing for over a decade and being on the inside of the tennis industry for a long time, on the content side of things, on the instructional side of things, on like the organizational side of things, um, even as far as I have close friends who work high up at the USTA. Uh, USPTA certification organization. The world of tennis on the inside is old. It is 
stale. And I, I'm talking about my own industry here. I'm talking. Ask anybody who's also been in the industry in throughout their entire career, and they'll. I promise you, they're going to agree with what I'm about to say. It's very bureaucratic. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of obstacles in the way. If you want to do things a little bit differently than the status quo, there's a lot of friction. There, there's a lot of speed bumps. And I, over the years, have been pained by that culture in the inside of kind of the upper um, organizational you know, parts of tennis over and over and over again. And I, I'm talking about the governing bodies of the sports. I'm talking about the governing uh, media outlets connected to tennis. Uh, I'm talking about the cultural attitudes among career coaches. In general, people are very stuck in their ways, very resistant to change. And pickleball, in my short stint here, working alongside this pickleball coach and helping him with his business and with content, it feels very opposite. And you've probably heard, if you've been around the game for a while, you've probably heard at least a little bit of conversation around concerns about how tennis is getting older and like literally, like the age of your average viewer, your average player is getting older and older and older. And we need to find like some way to get younger people interested in the game. We have to find some way of getting younger people participating in the game. And the way you don't do it is by making everything cumbersome and full of of friction and red tape and bureaucracy. And maybe it's just because pickleball is so new and it, it's not big enough yet and established enough yet to have those pain points and those friction points and those kind of entrenched attitudes and cultures. Maybe. I mean, tennis has been around for literally hundreds of years. Um, in its current form, you know, at least 60, 70, 80 years, you know, professionally speaking. So who knows? Maybe, A, who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, every, everybody will have forgotten about pickleball, kind of like what's happened to racquetball. You know, back in the 90s, it popped really big and now hardly anybody plays it anymore. Maybe that'll happen to pickleball. Only time will tell. If it survives this first kind of critical uh, increase in popularity and it keeps growing maybe 50, 60, 70 years from now, it'll also be super entrenched, super old and, and just tons of roadblocks and barricades to, uh, to developing different new and better ways of doing things to being friendly and open the way that it is now. Maybe that will all go away. I don't know. But I think tennis can really take some notes, and it's not going to happen. I'm sorry to sound really cynical, but things are entrenched, you know, for a reason. And it'll probably take some kind of catastrophic, like warning sign, for tennis to really get shaken up and things to like fundamentally change. So those are my the three kind of big aha like takeaways for me that I think pickleball is really killing it now. With that said, here's why I'm absolutely not leaving tennis. Number one, pickle emphasizes doubles. And doubles is fun. It's easier to play than singles. And it's more communal. You know, it's more kind of, it gets more people involved. 
but it's less of a workout. I've played a bunch of singles pickleball too, which I, actually I, I, I like better than doubles just because of the intensity in the workout. It's an awesome workout. It's like serve and volley doubles. I'm sorry. It's like serve and volley tennis where there's much more court to cover and uh, faster paced. Um, but doubles is less of a workout. It's less mental challenge. I like the solo challenge of singles tennis. Of course, there you've got your own it, its own set of like psychological challenges playing doubles in tennis too. But I love the solo. Ch- I will always love being out there on my own, all alone, having to problem solve, having to try to figure out my opponent, figure out how to win. And so, um, I'll, pickleball just doesn't emphasize singles, singles, and so there's less workout and they, there's not that same solo mental challenge. So that's reason number one. Uh, reason number two, and so just to be really clear. And I did the I did the calculation on this. A tennis court is three and a half times bigger than a pickleball court. So I, for right now, at my current age, I'm 42. I feel like I can still, right now, still play like the best tennis I've ever played at this moment, like physically. And I want to take full advantage of that. I love the physical, mental challenge of tennis, and I can't leave that for for pickleball. <laughs> I hate to I hate to say that in kind of a uh, disdainful way, but. Uh, but I like I I just I just feel like I have more to offer physically and mentally than playing pickleball and and tennis is just a much bigger better challenge and for right now I can't I can't leave that for for pickleball so that's just like a very practical personal level of things so that's number one number two honestly I love tennis more now than I did twenty years ago I've been in the game for thirty years and twenty years ago I was just starting my coaching career and. It kind of goes back like to the challenge thing of it. The thing is, I've done a bunch of coaching recently. I'm telling you, I learn. I've spent tens of thousands of hours on the court with players. And there's something new that I learn about technique or footwork or strategy or the mental game every single time I teach tennis or play tennis. It's infinitely deep. There's unlimited things to learn. There's unlimited discoveries to be made in the game of tennis. And every time I go out and I participate as a coach or as a player, I make another one of some little discovery or some little epiphany or slightly different, better way of explaining things. Or I I recognize a connection between two things I didn't realize was there before. And it's like every, every time there's a new thing like that, that pops up, I appreciate it even more because I I can put it in context with everything else that I've learned over the last 30 years. And so when I, I, when I learn something new and different, I, I love it even that much more because like, holy crap, like I've been, this has been right in front of me for decades. I never realized it. And I just realized it today. How cool is that? How amazing is that? that I just connected those dots, that the dots have been in front of me for 30 years, and I just realized this. I, I think that's just the coolest thing, and I would feel terrible throwing away all of those, not being a little, a little dramatic with that use of words, but if, if I were to, let's say, pivot and be like, okay, pickleball's hot, I'm going to pickleball, and become the pickleball guy with my coaching and my content and everything. I, it would feel to me like I was throwing away the tennis side of things, and I I I, I couldn't do that. I f- man, I'd feel like I'd be disowning like 
uh, I, I don't know, disowning the closest person to me in the world and saying, I don't like, I don't want you anymore. <laughs> the person who's like given me the most and like nurtured me the most and taught me the most and just say goodbye. Uh, when they're still teaching me something and they're still supporting me and encouraging me. That's how I feel about tennis. I, I The more time I spend with it, the more I appreciate it and love it and understand more and more about it. And it's a reciprocal kind of thing. It's a, it's a, uh, it builds, it's building more and more momentum for me, not the opposite. So that's the second reason why I'm not leaving tennis is I love tennis more than I ever have. And there's, I can tell there's just still so much more uh, for me to learn and experience. And number three, final thought here, it kind of connects with the, you know, the illustration of like a, somebody who's just close to you as a person. Tennis has just given me everything. It's taught me how to be mentally tough and resilient. I mean, that wasn't an easy lesson to learn, but it did teach it to me eventually. It has taught me how to be physically disciplined and fit. It's given me a reason at age 42 to, to work hard still physically so that I can be ready to go play at a high level, high, high level, you know, for me, relatively speaking. It's given me opportunity to travel all around the world and have experiences that I never would have had. It's given me countless relationships that are incredibly important to me, have been super fulfilling and rewarding. And it's given me my career and means of like making a living and supporting my family and watching my, my kids grow up. And uh, it's enabled my, my wife to be able to stay home full-time with, with my kids. It's, it's given me so, so much. And pickleball is great, and it's fun, and it has a lot going for it. But I have zero interest, <laughs> especially, I, I, like, you know, I've got my bullet points here, my notes. Especially, I feel like talking through this and, like, talking my way through all of these different bullet points. Like, I really believe and feel more strongly than ever that the tennis is just for me. And I feel like I'm really in it for the long haul. That might change in the future. Who knows? Like anything could happen. But as of right now, there's 0% chance pickleball is going to be that thing that ends this relationship that I have with the game of tennis. And if you're listening to me right now, you probably have a similar relationship with the game. And I, I just really invite you to reflect on how special that is and how much of a blessing that is and don't take it for granted and and do yourself a favor and i need to do myself a favor and let's remind ourselves of how huge that is that we have this thing that's taught us so much throughout life that's been so important and critical in personal development and discipline and work ethic and competition and success and the failures too. It's a, it's a really special game that connects so much with the rest of life. And if you're listening to me right now, I know you feel the same way. So thanks for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Keep up the good work on your game. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. For more free game improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video audio and written lessons also be sure to subscribe to essential tennis on itunes and youtube where we are the number one resource in the world providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players thank you so much for listening today take care 
and good luck with your tennis.